and Father, thank you for this broken body. As you look at it, notice that it's pierced because he was pierced for us. He knew our need and he allowed himself to meet that need. And so we receive, Lord, as we receive this bread, we receive you meeting every need. Every need for every one of us, including those we've been praying for as we've been receiving. You meet every need and we receive your provision of your body now in Jesus' name. said your blood was a fresh, new, complete covenant of love. You unite us when we share one cup together. And all of these little cups have come from one supply that signifies for us that you unite us in your kingdom and in your family. And so we receive that uniting together as we receive the blood of Jesus now. Father, we bless the children. I'm not going to have them come down to the carpet just for time's sake, but we bless the children to encounter you in their lesson and in their fellowship time together. We bless the teachers. I forget now who's going. Is it Laura this morning? Yes. We bless Laura and Caleb as they teach this morning and the kiddies as they receive. We thank you for our family that you are at work in every one of us. Hallelujah. And we're going to pass the baskets for our offering and our tithes. So I'll go ahead and do that. Thank you, Kay. Thank you for all of you for your faithful giving, but thank you also to the worship team for leading us into God's presence so powerfully this morning. Hallelujah. I say this every week, but if you're giving cash, you need an envelope, and those are in the baskets and on the tables. If you're giving a check, you don't need to uh, use an envelope unless you'd like to. Uh, and then you can give through the app or by texting a dollar amount to 84321. Hallelujah. You know, I hardly know where to go from there. <laughs> I, think, um, I think I'm going to shelve what I was going to say and save it for another time. But um, I do want to sort of just affirm the foundations of who we are. Because I feel like what God's been doing this morning has been foundational. And those of you who've been th with us through the, the summer season, we took a little bit of a break with the, uh, with the Knoxville team here. And by the way, they send their love. I had a text from Steve 
uh, as we were worshipping, just to say they miss us. <laughs> it's been a week already, and here's some pictures to make us sad that they've gone and happy that they were here. And uh, uh, we've sent our love back to them. But through this whole summer, we've been talking about Nehemiah, haven't we? And looking at building and gathering. Because that's what the whole of the, the book of Nehemiah is, is all about. And uh, we haven't really gone through chapter by chapter, but I kind of want to reaffirm why we're looking at Nehemiah. It's because God has a plan for us as a church family that we have to play our part in building and in gathering, just as Nehemiah had his part to play in rebuilding the city uh, and gathering the people together to renew their relationship with God. Everything had been broken down. Everything was a mess. How many of us have ever had our lives feel like it was all broken down and a mess at some stage? Now, it may be that you're raising your hand because that's now. <laughs> maybe it's in the past. Maybe it's now. That's okay. Because God is in the business of rebuilding from rubble. So I don't care how much mess you have in your life. God is bigger than the mess. And we exist as a church family to cooperate with God in the rebuilding process. And that's what I want to focus on just for a few minutes together here. Um, because what we're building is, is, is God's plan for all of his children. And the way we're doing it is essential that we understand what is God doing so we can cooperate with him. And so, like I said, I'm going to kind of put aside the whole idea. I was going to talk about contending for God's plan, and I will do at some point. Um, but I don't want to do that this morning because I, I want to take longer on it than we've got. But I do want to say what God's plan is. Because when God builds, what he's doing is he's establishing a place of safety, a place to dwell, a place to thrive, and a place to, um, to reach out from. He's, he's established I mean, Jerusalem as the capital, the central place of God's promise. He's establishing a place of promise. Now, that's not a physical city anymore. We rejoice that the city of Jerusalem in the nation called Israel has been reestablished. And the Jews have become the, 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 the owners, the, the populace, the, 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 whatever the word is. They, they dwell there. They live there. God is restoring the physical nation of Israel. But God is doing something way bigger than that. Because the kingdom of God is bigger than the nation of Israel now because of what Jesus has done. Now, we're not throwing away the nation of Israel, but the kingdom of God is so much bigger because God's plan was always that the seed of the nation of Israel would become the fruit of the kingdom of God throughout the world. And that's where we're part of. And so the symbolism of what Nehemiah is doing, of rebuilding the city of Jerusalem after the exile, the symbolism of that is that you and I are part of that in the kingdom of God and the family of God. And the church is so much more than a place we go to on Sundays. The church is so much more than an established 
famous kind of you know edifice in the city or the or, or big names that are known on TV or, or or the history that we have the church is actually the family of God infiltrating this world until Jesus comes back to establish the fullness of his rule over everything we were hearing Jane and I I think we mentioned just came back from uh, going up to North Carolina where Duncan and Kate, the presidents of Catch the Fire World, were speaking at Rafa House, which some of us know that some of the men from Rafa House have come to the men's retreats here. And we have a, a close relationship with them. So Jane and I were up there for the weekend. But one of the things that Duncan mentioned was when we are all uh, in eternity together with God, we are going to find that there are far more people made in China than we expected in that population. Because the church in China is growing exponentially. People are coming to faith in their millions. Literally millions. There are more Christians in China today than the population of the United States. Isn't that amazing? Do you know where the fastest growing church in the world is? Iran. And you know who's leading the fastest growing church in the world? All the women. In homes. In homes. The ladies are just bringing the kingdom in their homes. And the church in Iran is the fastest growing church in the world today. Isn't that amazing? So I want to encourage you to have your eyes on the right stuff. <laughs> okay? When Nehemiah arrived, yeah, he looked at the rubble, but he also looked at what God had shown him, which was a city with a wall where people could be gathered in and gates where the enemies could be kept out and a place that was safe for people to find God and be renewed in their covenant with God and to be touched by God's life and to grow into all God meant them to be. As a city set on a hill to shine that light throughout the nation. And guess what? The city that Nehemiah rebuilt was the city that our Lord Jesus rode into on a donkey to establish God's plan. So never think that your part is insignificant. Yes, rebuild your rubble or let God do it. <laughs> Don't try and do it yourself. That's, that's too much effort. But let God rebuild the rubble, but recognize that there's a bigger plan. And so what we're doing as a church family is, is building something where everybody has their part, where each one of us has a significant place in God's plan. There are two common themes throughout the book of Nehemiah. One is that each one does their part. Now your part may be, you know, the, 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 the pillar of the wall beside the gate that nobody goes in and out of. Or your part may be the, you know, the biggest section that, that everybody sees. It doesn't really matter. The wall is only complete when every one of us does our part. So don't have pride over your part, but also don't neglect your part. 
Don't think, well, I'm just a dot, 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 because you're not. You're a vital part of the whole wall. Your part to play is essential. But then the second principle we see throughout Nehemiah is that we've all got one another's backs. Because there is opposition. Now, we don't get frightened by the opposition. I'll talk about that when I get around to what I prepared for today. But We don't get frightened by it. We're not beaten by the opposition, but we recognize the opposition and we cover each other's backs. That's why this sort of gathering is so vital, where we can actually gather around one another in an atmosphere of worship, in a family uh, setting, and we can stand with one another. Because our goal for Catch the Fire, Myrtle Beach, and we're not saying we're better than anybody else, this is just our statement of what God wants us to be. Because it's an essential part of the bigger picture of the body of Christ. We want to be out of, um, where's the parable of the, where does Jesus say about I'm the vine, you're the branches? John 15, thank you. Brain just went blank for a second there. Out of John 15, we want to see every one of us connected, healthy, and fruitful. Connected, healthy, and fruitful. Very simple to remember, because actually what that does is it meets the basic needs that God has created us for. We've put these on the board in the family room, actually. (laughs) But every one of us needs to understand, you belong, you are safe, and you matter. Well, that's that you're connected, you belong, that you're healthy, you're safe, And that you matter, you're fruitful. There's a purpose to your life and mine. Your purpose may be different from my purpose, but let's fulfill our purpose. And that is what we want to do. We want to be building a family structure that's connected and cemented together by love. You know, they couldn't build the wall without the cement, could they? And This struck me when I was preparing this. There's all this rubble, but the cement that holds the rubble together and builds it back into a wall is the love of God. And that's why we love to worship together. That's why we love to interact with one another, so that the love of God that's on you rubs off on me. And the love of God that's on the person sitting next to you rubs off on you. And, and that we share the love of God because it cements what would otherwise be rubble into a wall that builds a city that's big enough for many more people to come into. And that's the other thing I wanted to point out to you. If you've got your Bible or you've got your phone, let me find it. Because it's here somewhere. (laughs) Sure. Mm. Yes. Nehemiah chapter 7. End of chapter 6, the wall is finished and the enemies start trying to pull it all down again. But Nehemiah set up, chapter 7, verse 1, I had set up the doors and the gatekeepers, the singers and the Levites had been appointed. Thank you again to our singers and Levites this morning. I gave my brother Hanani and Hananiah, the governor of the castle, charge over Jerusalem, for he was a more faithful and God-fearing man than many. You always make room for other people. That's what our heart is around here. 
And I said to them, let not the gates of Jerusalem be opened until the sun is hot. And while they're still standing guard, let them shut and bar the doors. In other words, take note and take care to only let in what God lets in. We have to do that with our hearts and minds, and we want to do that for one another. Appoint guards from among the inhabitants of Jerusalem, some at their guard posts and some in front of their own homes. In other words, we want to have each other's backs, like I said earlier. But here's the verse I wanted to really underline. Chapter 7, verse 4. The city was wide and large, but the people within it were few, and no houses had been rebuilt. I want you to catch in your heart just how much more there is in the family of God and in the kingdom of God for us to be participants in. God wants more for this region, for everyone in this room, for everyone who's listening to this later because they couldn't make it today. God wants more for all of us. And you and I each have assignments, not only to belong to this church family, but also to reach out to others and to invite them into that place that God has prepared for them. We don't want to pull everybody into Catch the Fire Myrtle Beach. That would be crazy because there's room and a place for a great variety within the body of Christ. But we want to build our part of the body too. And so because the city is large and wide and God has placed a, a wall of protection around it, it's now the right time for us to be inviting others in to discover their place in God's building and in God's city. To discover that you belong, you're safe, and you matter. To be connected, healthy, and fruitful. That is what God desires for every one of us. And so we're going to continue to be offering freedom. People to grow in freedom. We often have testimonies, and we will again uh, in future weeks, of what God has been doing to set our hearts free, to live in Him, and to flourish in Him, and to grow in Him. And if you are breathing in this room, show of hands, good. <laughs> it's always encouraging when it looks like people are listening. <laughs> if you're breathing in this room, God is going to continue to set you free and continue to water the seeds he's planted in you so they bear fruit, fulfilling your destiny. We want to keep it all aligned with God's plan. We want to be very sensitive to, is this in the flow of what God is doing? And that's where I want to kind of land it this morning, just for the sake of uh, this today's gathering. I believe that God has an anointing for us that we can receive to be sensitive to his alignment. And just to be technical for a second, when we talk about righteousness... That's not some kind of legal check the box, did I, make, did I get everything right? It's more to do with, is my heart in line with his line? It's a plumb line kind of word. You know, when you're building something, we're talking about building. When you're building, you need a plumb line that gives you a vertical so that the wall goes up and doesn't go sort of off to the side and fall over one day. 
When the wall is vertical, it'll stand forever. And in the same way, when our lives are aligned with God, we will stand forever. And I believe there's an anointing, and this came to me while we were worshipping, I believe there's an anointing for us to be sensitive in our spirits to our alignment with God. I believe God's doing some adjusting for many of us, and that's okay. This is a safe place to be real. I've, I've been having some adjustments in the last few weeks, and I'm grateful for it. And I'm not saying that I'm fully aligned with God, but I feel like I'm more aligned than I used to be, and I'm ready for him to do more. And I offer that to you as well. Let's live like that. Father, I want to be as so aligned with you that, that there's that righteousness, that alignment with your heart, with your standards, with your plan, with your destiny. And so we want to have a moment now where we just allow God to align us further and closer and more fully with his heart. Is that okay? So let's just hold our hands open, or if you want to put your hand on your heart, you could do that. We're asking you, Father, <laughs> to just come and do what you want to do. I want my life to be fully aligned with you. And I know that you want my life to be fully aligned with you. And so I'm opening my heart again right now and saying, would you align me with your presence, with your purposes for the future, with your healing for the past, with your hope for the present? Just come and Shift things in me, Father, so that I see you more than I see my circumstances. Come and shift things in my heart, Father, so I don't just see the rubble in my life, but I see the wall that you're building and the city that results, a place of safety, a place of covenant relationship, a place of freedom and a place of future hope. So when I was praying with you, Carol, just earlier, I actually saw a plumb, right, plumb line and so I wonder if you'd like to come up and actually bless people because I saw that in you. I had no idea Mark was going to say that. But I would love you to come up and bless anyone, just bless, do a blessing of what God has been doing in your life, how you've aligned with him, how you've chosen him. I feel like he would love to have you bless others. Impartation. So, 
then after you after then you can pray as well. I felt you as well to pray after. She's going to pray for you, and then you're going to pray for others. These aren't the only two, but I just felt God wanted to do something in these two this morning, and so I just unexpected. He loves to do the unexpected, right? there's a sense of commissioning as well so if you're feeling like God wants to commission you in a fresh way Jane and I will be praying for that as well but uh, with the alignment come and uh, receive prayer from Carol and Robert to be aligned with God's purposes and God's plans I'm going to ask a couple of people to, to stand behind those who are being prayed for and then if you're sensing and I, I don't say this is for everybody, but I feel like it is for some. If you're sensing that commissioning by God, uh, Jane and I would love to pray over you and agree with you for God's commission. Just come on up and do that as well. We'll do that for just a few minutes. Come on forward, and then we'll close it from there. <laughs> 